Today we have Skylar House and Brandon Smith of Pickup Sticks. Hello. Hey, yeah. Welcome to the Poptimist. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Yeah, holding up. Living the dream. Living the dream. We are living still. Yeah. And this could all be a dream. But it could all be a dream. Well, we don't really know what this existence is. There are no. many hunches and many theories, <laughs> but none have yet to be confirmed because we haven't died yet. Oh, we went in that. And that, then at that, that point, point still, no one can know. No one, no one will ever know. So what have you guys been up to musically lately? I know you released an album earlier this year, self-titled album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we put that out January 1st of this year. Uh, it was a long time coming. <laughs> uh, it was, we'd work, we were working on it prior to the pandemic and all that stuff, and then we kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and took our time with it. But uh, we put that out in January, and we're really just excited to be writing some new music and playing some shows finally, which is dope. I like that song, I Wish It Was Christmas. <laughs> of all the ones. That's lines. my favorite one. Uh, uh, thanks, man. That's funny. Be- because it's like a dark comedy, you know, lyrically. At least that's how I That's it. the idea, yeah. yeah. Like, it reminds me of uh, of the Coen brothers a little bit. Oh. In high, song form. High praise, I'll take that. That's cool. All those songs are before me. That's but- true. I love playing them. <laughs> That's true. We should mention, so our other guitar player, Daniel, he moved in like May of last year. So like right in the midst of, right after quarantine, all that shit. Um, Skylar had just moved back not too long before that. And so he was ready and waiting in the wings to fill in the spot. He's yeah. been doing a wonderful job. And I used to be in a band with Jordan and David uh, before I moved. So Are they the drummer and the bass yeah, player? Yeah, that's our drummer and bass player. Yeah, so it was easy, you know, easy transition. You know, I've known him forever. We're all from the same area. Where are you from? Take, well, I'm from Texarkana. I think I'm not from Texarkana, but I grew up in East Texas, and I ended up in Texarkana. Longview? Are you from? Yeah, I'm from Longview, Texas. Yeah. But then I lived in the DFW for a while, and then I bounced back to East Texas. I was in Texarkana. I met him and he worked at a music store. That's how I had to. I got to know Skylar. Right music. He's also the reason I came to Nashville though, because I was coming up to like interview for jobs, and he let me crash on his couch and cuddle with his dogs Good times. while I was in Nashville. So kind of owe it all to you. What is Texarkana like? I've never been there. <laughs> it's terrible. Just keep going. Just if you're driving through, just just keep on going. It ain't nothing. You ain't missing much. Is there like a corn fritter festival or something like that that oh, happens? Sure they, uh, the quadrangle. They have some. Don't they have some festival like some iconic quadrangle? What the hell is that? I don't even know that. It's the quadrangle festival. Okay, yeah, explain. That's like the main like. Can you def- go, like, yeah. Quadrangle. Define you your term. Got me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> four, four, four or something. A square. Is it a square? Four things dangling. Quad. Dang. I don't know. Isn't that every band in Nashville? Hey. <laughs> it took you a second, but you eventually got it. It's yeah, true. it was like it's true. Oh wait, it's the quadrangle probably because there's four states that convene. Because it's right on the border, right? It's on the border. That's it's the a four states area is what they call that. Uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana is the four states region. Um, you know, we had the four states fair there, which is a big fair for all four. It's a four states fair. So it's, it's a little bigger than a carnival. It's like, you know, you got all the doodads and such. And they usually all the carnies. Had, all the carnies. They usually had uh, bands play there. They usually had like a farm. You can go pet all the animals and stuff. Uh, Texas Can used to be 
a big deal back in the 50s and stuff. Uh, I mean, that was a main hub. You, and you had to get anywhere on that side of the country coming from this side. If you're coming that way, you're going through Texarkana. I mean, Elvis played there. Um, I mean, it, anybody you can think of that was touring at that time. Johnny Cash played through there. Actually, if you watch Walk the Line, he, Johnny met Jim in Texarkana. Oh, wow. So there's a little Texas. Nashville connection there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have a pretty good musical history. Uh, There's quite a few people. Scott Joplin, I think, is from Texas, Canada. Yeah, yeah, like uh, claim to fame. Uh, the guy that wrote Pretty One <laughs> in New Boston, Texas. What? Which is like right outside Texas, Canada. Well, that's or another. So I'm told. Yeah. Another Nashville connection because that was recorded here. Yeah. By Roy Orbison. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is all a dream, you guys. So you don't quote me on that or anything, but that's what I've always been told, like, from everybody in that area. They're like, yeah, the guy that originally wrote it actually lives back in the country. Texas seems like a badass fabled land to me. Mm. Uh, where where are you from originally? I'm originally from Maine. So oh, I, okay. I spent my childhood down in that. Florida um, and then moved up to Maine when I was 11 because my dad was in the Navy. He was a recruiter when I was like a little kid, so he didn't have to like go on deployment or anything like that. But for his last four years, we went out there and then he retired um, and he ended up like building battleships for the Navy and all that shit. It's like That's a cool. gig. Yeah, yeah it, it, I imagine it was a cool pretty job. pretty badass, actually. Yeah, yeah my, dad, my dad is badass. But so yeah, I grew up in Maine. It's cold and it's snowy. Mm. And uh, there's not a lot going on. There's like a million people in the entire state, and it's a huge state. So, never been to Maine. I've actually not, like, of all the country, that side. I've never been to New York or Pennsylvania or anything up in that area. And I've always heard Maine is beautiful. Maine is beautiful. I mean, it's even beautiful in the winter, but the best time of year to go is in the fall, just because all the leaves are changing, the colors, all of that. It was a really cool place to grow up. I grew up in a town called Brunswick. And it really looks like a Hallmark movie. You know, just like the perfect idyllic... The downtown yeah, and all oh that yeah. stuff. Yeah, we used to go down there um, and get like hot dogs and shit when we were kids. Because you could just get like a chili cheese dog. Like two chili cheese dogs, a Dr. Pepper and chips for five bucks. And there was a, we had a local record store, this local chain called Bull Moose. And it, it's kind of like a, a pretty big deal... Because they, they were the ones, yeah, who started um, Record Store Day. Oh, cool. They're yeah. the ones that started it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. one of the guys who works there, uh, basically, yeah, they, they started, because my town, like, the Navy base was there, and there's also Bowdoin College, which is where Civil War hero Joshua Chamberlain, he taught there, and he went to school there, and all that shit. So it was really interesting growing up because everything's old as fuck in New England. Like yeah. I, I grew up in a house that was built in like the 1800s. That's what or some interests shit. me about. I want to go. Yeah, because Texas, that, everything's so. like strip malls and yeah. built in 1975. Yeah, that's the oldest part of the country. It's up in New England. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's where America's. I, mean, I say stem from. That's where America. Is yeah. The oldest part of America. It's been here since before then. Yeah, it has. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rocky, rocky yeah, situation. We don't have to get into that. Do you want to go into the bloody history of uh, no, America? Or? No, we don't have to do that. Well, you know, it's it's funny to, to think about America in those terms, too, because I, I feel like everybody always turns kind of a blind eye to it, but history is just riddled with bloodshed. Oh, yeah. 
through through like you can't avoid it. There's no way to avoid it. And now like 2020, it's somehow we all became consciously aware of it at the same time and yeah. we're having a schizophrenic breakdown. Yeah. Well, they only have like mass shootings, which is awful. Yeah. But I think back in those days, you would find out maybe three years later, oh, 200 people died in this one place a few years ago. That well, was, the Tulsa that thing just came up recently. Yeah. The what thing? Tulsa's thing, the Tulsa massacre. Oh, yeah. Huge, like, racist oh, yeah. thing that happened in it Oklahoma. Was, it was awful. And... Uh, which was crazy. I just listened to a podcast about it, and I'd never heard of it. And it was a podcast just about that that I'd found just scrolling and browsing. And then all of a sudden, here it is on the news. Some lady is, uh, you know, standing up for that she was the granddaughter or the daughter mm-hmm. of uh, of the lady, or the, even the lady that there may be a lady that's still around from yeah. I, then. I saw. I think Joe Biden. He went and he met uh, a woman that was in the Tulsa. Massacre. She, yeah, she okay. was there. She's she's very old. Yeah, she like, was a young girl then. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading a little bit about. Yeah, it. but it's it's crazy to think about because we're not taught that shit in school ever. Yeah, they don't want you to talk to. to they don't want you to remember. I, I remember learning about it. that's just because I took like I took civil rights when I was in college. I took history, and so I remember that and I learned that shit. He's but I didn't really. I mean, it, I guess it happened. But don't watch the Watchmen series. Robert, did you see that? I didn't see the, the TV show, but I've seen the movie. I love the movie. The TV series like is is focused on Tulsa, and it, it connects to the Tulsa massacre, which really? is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty damn good show, i got to say. I, That's what I, I heard. I recommend it. I know uh, Damon Lindelof, who did Lost, did that show. Oh, okay. He was like yeah. the showrunner for that. And I'm, I'm, I was a huge fan of Lost growing up. It was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Just because I liked the fact that there was never any answers. <laughs> that's what pissed me off, man. That's when we stopped watching that show. That's what I like about it, dude. Because that, that truly is a reflection of life. Because it's like every time you answer one question, it, it's like you answer it with a question. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what that TV show was. Yeah. It, was, it confused me after a while. I, I gave up. <laughs> I've seen it a few times, but I didn't, I didn't get into it. I think Before your time. I don't think it's. But I think I remember it on. I just. It ran for a long ass time. I mean, it's yeah, it kept going, kept going like for early sure. Early mid aughts, or somewhere around. Yeah, there. that's when it started. I remember yeah. watching the pilot episode like the night it debuted, which is crazy to think about now because everything is just so on demand. There's so much TV out there. There's so much good stuff now. That's true. That it just gets buried, and it's like I very rarely even watch TV anymore and if I do I just go back to like Workaholics or <laughs> Wilfred or something like that that I've seen a thousand yeah. times yeah I think our, yeah. our standards for TV I definitely have increased over the years because TV was not like the highest the highest uh, echelon of medium in the day it was like movies you know yeah plays but now TV is like where the good stuff is. Yeah. Like there's All so the much quality, stuff. quality content. Well, they're able to tell like better stories. Yeah. And also on their own terms. Hours. Yeah. You know, like a seven series string and you're done. You tell a nice story, you move on with your life. Yeah. Uh, that's good though. Did you guys ever watch Mindhunter on oh, Netflix? No. Yeah, cancel it. Piss me off. It might be coming back for a third season. Like, I mean, when did you see that? That was just within the past couple weeks. Okay, please, please. I was on that show like the moment it came out. You were on Mindhunter? Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't know that. Dude, I'm a true crime fiend, man. That's all I listen to. <laughs> really? That's not what I meant. All kinds of podcasts. What were you saying? I was suggesting that you were an actor on the show because of the way you phrased it. Oh, let's just move on. I'm seeing what you were saying now. Okay. Um, no, freaking love that show, man. Yeah, uh, the the actors and the uh, content, it was so, so accurate. And like the people they had to, so I guess if you watched it. Oh, yeah, I dude, loved The it. Charlie Manson in there, I got a kick out of him. I think that was the same guy who played... Uh, Charles Manson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember seeing him in that too. Uh, and the guy that played Ed Kemper is also in uh, a couple other. Uh, what are they calling it? It was a. Uh, it's another series that they do like. They Zero do, killer shit. Yeah, they did the Olympic bombing. They did. Um, I think they did. Uh, Ted Kaczynski that did the Unabomber. Anyways, it's got a title and then they do, you know, it's a, it's a mini series of different events. Yeah. But he, that, that actor's been in other ones too. Nice. But I love that guy. He's so good. I was, it was a chilling show. I think the scariest thing about it was the BTK killer because they never, they never like caught him or anything like that. He was basically running perpendicular. I love that. I because like I didn't know what was going on when I first watched, started watching it until I was like, oh, that's this guy. Yeah. And that's one thing that made me mad when I saw that it got canceled. I was like, God, I want to see. The most uneasy, most uncomfortable scene I ever have watched was the opening scene of the second season. Whenever they played that Roxy music song, mm-hmm. and you, it leads you to believe like, oh, shit, this guy's about to be killing someone, but he's not. He's like. His, his, basically what happens is his wife walks in and um, every Home of Heartache by Roxy Music is playing like on the radio because it's set back when serial killers were first getting studied by the FBI. This is like late 70s, 80s. Yeah. And she walks in and it, there's just this sense of impending dread that happens. And she w- opens the bathroom door because the bathroom door is jiggling and she catches him jerking off. He has like a belt around his neck and he has this weird mask on and all this BDSM gear. Yeah. You can't buy those back then, can you? No. No, No, and it was uh, pictures, I want to say, of himself in different bondage positions. Which, you know... know, That's a level of narcissism I can't get into. (laughs) (laughs) You know that, I mean... Back then, you had to make your own porn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you, when you, you, you draw the picture of the news <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. And then jerk off to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it on the bus for five bucks. <laughs> kids. Yeah. It's like this this guy can draw titties good. That's the start of a career right there, man. He's a true artist. True artist. Millhouse, uh, tell us the story about what happened in West Virginia, where you're from. Oh, what we were talking about, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, what we were talking about earlier. Where are you from in West Virginia? I'm from the southern part, the, okay. part, the worst part of the okay. state. <laughs> well, okay. I say that, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's home. Uh, yeah. So recently, this girl came out on. Well, not came out. It was all over Facebook. Like somebody had leaked a bunch of pictures. Someone had outed her. Somebody outed her That's that fun. she was uh, having sex with her brother, and then. <laughs> It's been a big deal. It's been a huge deal. I see that. I thought you meant 
they outed her as gay. No, 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 worse. no, no, you, well, oh, not worse. Not but, the, but not. It's not okay. Yeah. What happened? I if, see what you're saying. If, if, if like, it's it's bad because he's young. He's like real young. Oh, how old? So, so you're making it worse. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 way, it's way worse. It's like he's like 14. Oh God, I didn't realize he was that young. Or like 15, and she's like my age, so like 20. It's bad. It's That's right. Wow. She uh, the no, beautiful country. Beautiful find, country. She couldn't find anybody else better. I dude, the bad thing is I got buddies that, li- that lived right next to her. So when all this was going on, they just like you know like their neighbors, they just like wave. But it was like plastered all over the place. Like, well, she's probably helping him with his homework. That's such a good, good cousin. The funnier thing about it is like, so she moved to county over. Like if that had happened to me, I'd have moved state. I'd have left. <laughs> yeah. I'd have dipped off everywhere. Yeah, no, so you leave, you start it, you're done. Yeah, you start a new life. You're, yeah. You know, you change your name, do what you can. But so she um, figuring that I moved state didn't know about what happened. And she started like a new Instagram. She uh, started following me a few weeks ago. <laughs> and she got like fifty you, followers on there. Yeah, like, show, dude. Like, <laughs> like forty followers. So she hit me up and she started talking to me, dude. And I was just like, can't. She's like, slid his DMs, like, dude. She fucked her brother. Like, dog, I know. Related? Is that the uh, is that the thing? Yeah, well, oh, it, was, it was a rough time. Shit. But yeah, that, that's been the talk of the town. I come from like a town where there's like 1,200 people. Yeah, max. everybody like, knows. You know, I've been, I've been there. That's where I'm from. Yeah, like yeah. everybody knows everybody. Like I had, in my graduating class had like 100 people in it. You yeah. Know? It, it was, it's been rough there. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, yikes. <laughs> I have a random fact about Maine for you. So Northern Maine has the highest incest rate in the entire country. No, and what? Maine. Okay, hold on a second. How do you calculate that? How do you how do you get the who's coming out and saying documented cases? Are they giving out just little surveys like have you no ever? House <laughs> how do they do yeah, that? No. Well, I'm guessing it's because having like offspring and then they maybe like DNA tests or something. Oh shit! Like, like your birth records and shit. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. it's something in regards to that because Northern Maine is very isolated. Yeah. There's nothing fucking up. It's like mountains and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of potato farmers up there, and uh, yeah, there's nothing going on. No one goes up there unless they're trying to go to Canada. Mm. Like, no one really goes to visit Maine at all, except for like rich Boston people and New Yorkers. For the leaves. You gotta get, yeah. Um, The top three is Maine, (laughs) Georgia, and West Virginia. Wow. Okay. Dang. Top three. Yeah. Got bronze. You got two. two, two <laughs> out here. I the gold one. <laughs> I love that you have that just ready. There's a bunch of Yeah. Claim to fame here in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Incest capital of the U.S. Yeah. It's 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 kind of weird. I mean, Maine's also known really because of Stephen King. Yeah. He has. Have you ever seen a picture of his house before? I have. I got a friend from Maine too. And oh, do you? Yeah, okay. he took his girlfriend up there, and they like you know went outside the house. But I heard it's like he has a fake house. Like he's got a real house, but he's got a fake house where people take pictures. Well, he really lives in Florida. Oh, uh, there you go. He does Ta- tax rates. Wait, what's yeah, the city? It starts to be Bangor. Is that yeah, what yeah, that's it? yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah, he lives down in Florida. I uh, I like Stephen King. Uh, so I grew up one town over. Um, there's this little town called Durham where there's absolutely fucking nothing there. There's one store called the Get and Go, and you can go in there to like get gas and pizza and shit like that. Get the fuck out. 
Yeah. Um, you get and you go. Exactly. <laughs> but that's where he spent his childhood at. I Someone I went to high school with lived in his childhood home. That's cool. It's a real spooky place, too. Like, all of Maine is, because there's, like, this weird fog that will roll in in the summertime, mm-hmm. and it's just always kind of misting. Makes sense that he's a spooky guy. Like yeah. Inspired. Yeah. Inspired by his youth. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I loved seeing you guys at the East Room a couple of weeks ago. That yeah. was an amazing show. It was the Thank first you. the first time I saw that you guys with Skylar. It was the first time, yeah, first time I played out with yes. that. Yes. It was my first show with him. How did you feel about that experience, Skylar? <laughs> it was fun. It was good. I've been playing with y'all for over a year at that point. I know, right? Uh, but it was good. That's good quite the debut. Yeah. It was, uh, it's been a long time since I was on stage before that with a band. Yeah. I mean, years. So it was good. I went all out. Nice. Yeah, it, it sounded great. I like that cover that you guys did too. You did a K- Kings of Leon cover. Yeah, yeah. It was a Red Morning Light. Yeah. Yeah. So, we know we know a couple of Kings of Leon songs. We all like Kings of Leon. Yeah, it's all early stuff. It definitely early stuff is the best stuff. But I, I appreciate Skylar especially because he can sing, which is great. Because generally I can I sing, so it's nice to have be able to like say, you take a song. Yeah, you sing this next song. I'm gonna take a sure break enough. and just play guitar because I like doing that too. Well, I love your voice because it's so uh, it's so rich. You know what I'm saying? Like the, Thanks, the, man. To, the like tonally you're. The way you sing, it's just, it's like you guys play rock and roll, but there's something very uh, earthly about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that lower register, and so I feel like it, It's very Buble. Yeah, angle. I, I, I do love Michael Buble. I wish it was yes, Christmas. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, a reference there, but uh, yeah, I got that lower range, and so sometimes I get that croony vibe going, which I don't hate. I think I used to hate it, but now I'm kind of embracing it. Um, like what you can get, man. Yeah, man. I think I used to try to sing songs that are way out of my range. We've had a long them. discussion. We have talked about this, just like knowing yourself and knowing knowing your limits. Music, you know, yeah. Everybody's singing, <laughs> trying to sing those high registers, and you're like, you know what? I think I have a lower voice. Yeah, I mean that show was awesome. Uh, we got to play with Hard, yeah. which is great. We never played a show with them before. Um, Violet Moons. Violet Moons opened up, They're which is awesome. Are they? I didn't know that, man. Yeah. Okay, that was I had just kind of seen them out there, and that, I saw them doing stuff, and I like they got a good song. And oh, dude, I, they sing so well together. Yeah, too, they like, good, good I, I've known Kiera from when she first moved to town, and uh, Aubrey. I met her just because. Uh, She's dating Josh from The Reveal, Josh Norfleet. Okay, I don't know him, but I've seen the band. Yeah. Um, what but band is it? The Reveal. They used to be No Name Blues. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, they're, they're a great fucking band. I mean, they, they just started up pretty recently, but the way they sing together, we've been working with them a little bit just on Josh's solo stuff because they've been doing background vocals. And they harmonize together so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, first. Uh, is it first aid? Uh, first, first aid. Kit. First aid kit. First aid kit. I've never listened to first aid. Kit. Listen to first aid yeah, kit. Do you'll it. get. You'll you'll be like, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. Yeah. The two two girls that harmonize just perfectly. First aid kit is amazing. If anyone wants to listen to them, listen yeah. to them. I'll definitely check them. Sister out. harmonies from Sweden. Woo. Yeah. Very good. good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's. Uh, interesting. You you listen to Kira and Aubrey, and they they told me that multiple people have come up to them after shows and asked them if they're sisters because the way they sing together, they sing together so well. Yeah. 
I can believe that. They don't look like sisters. No. But they sing they, they like, sisters. like sisters. They sound like sisters. Those harmonies are great. That's like, it's tough to beat. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, I reached out to them. And honestly, at that point, a lot of people were like, no, we're not playing shows yet. It was like May 1st, I guess it was. I actually asked the Weird Sisters, and uh, they said that they were still working on their albums, so they weren't playing yet. Uh, I mean, that was the first show at the East Room. It was. Back, I didn't even yeah. know that when I booked it. I did not realize that that was yeah, the that first Yeah, that was the first one back. So it was a good... I mean, we had a good time. There was enough people there, you know, and um, the the owner, you know, we bonded with Nate, the owner of the, or the half owner of East Room. He was really Super nice. cool guy. Super cool. Um, it worked out. It was good. It was a good show. It was a good time. Yeah. It was. It was good. Everything. Everybody came out on top on that show. I think everyone had a little pent up like. Yeah, just energy or frustration. Well, it felt there there was extra energy that night too because it felt like okay, East Nashville is back open now. Yeah, I felt that after being closed down for so long because it was like Nashville's been pretty much open, but East Nashville's kind of been on a slow roll to open back up. Yep. Um, once the vaccine came out, I think they were probably like, now it's time to start doing shows. And I mean, people masked up at the show. Everyone followed the rules. Yeah, it wasn't like. You know, we're there wasn't to, a madhouse or anything. Yeah, we're having to crack down. Either people were like doing the right thing. Uh, I think people were just so excited to find yeah. and be out of the house. Like I'll do anything. <laughs> see live music in Nashville because it's like, and the scene that we're in, you go to these shows and you just randomly run into your friends. Yeah, and that's the yeah. best thing about it. And we, we haven't had that for a year. So true. Forgot how to do it almost, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean it felt good. I lived off the high of that for a couple days. I was like, man, that's a good time. Yeah. We need to play more shows. Well, we got another one at the East Room, June 16th. Nice. We got some friends. Uh, a friend that used to live here, he's playing with a band in Colorado now. And they're coming through. They're playing like in Texas right now. They're going on a nice little tour. Uh, and they're coming through. And we're going to play with another Texarkana connection, Jed Harrelson. Randomly enough. I mean, Jed it's Harrelson. It's not totally random. Bailey? Bailey? It's her cousin. Yes. Yes. See, Anyways, this texture case. See, that's how. That's what. It's just like, oh, who was her? Who was her? They're related. Yeah. yeah. They're not yeah. sleeping that together. You know, <laughs> what? How that is there? Especially musicians, because like the music scene there is not crazy big or anything. No, there's some there's some people, but I feel like it's probably uh, slacked off since we left town. You know what I mean? I can tell you just that. Kidding. Um, Definitely not as good. Yeah, we're, I think we were just really excited to even have the opportunity to like plan shows out. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, get something to look forward to. But while I was like, let's get together and practice, which is great. Write songs, but like, let's practice for a purpose and a reason. So Yeah, no, that's the, the thing I've missed too. It's like all of a sudden I just started getting busy again with music stuff. Because we've been working on this project with Josh Norfleet for a little while, but um, next week I'm going to be going to Blackbird with Emma, and we're going to be cutting some of her songs and some of my songs. Are you kidding? Yeah, so... Hell yeah. That's great. I need it. When this is out, it'll be... We'll already have been in the studio, but... That's killer, man. I'm, I'm super excited, because I've never really focused on my own solo stuff. I've only released one single. Uh, which is the theme song for this podcast. <laughs> okay, <cool. laughs> um, but now I'm, I've been so eager just because I've been like writing tunes and like yeah. writing is like a very like isolated process for me. Everything else is non-existent when I'm doing it. Yeah. So now I'm kind of excited to finally get into the studio and start cutting some of my own tracks because I never really focused on myself as a solo artist just because I've always been a bass player or producing or any of that yeah. stuff. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm stoked about that. Yeah. I'm super excited too. I've been writing some pretty dark stuff lately. I feel like everyone's been writing a bunch of dark stuff this last year and they're just like, let's throw it out on the world. I know I've written a few dark songs the last year. Definitely. I wrote a song about It was 
Christmas. About a bird that died. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty dark. <laughs> you win. Oh man. Well, the thing I like about your lyrics too is that I get the same feeling of like John Steinbeck or any of those great American authors because your lyrics are, are pretty smart. Uh, thank you. I do appreciate that. I think um, lyrically, I, uh, uh, I'm inspired by like classic country like Hank Williams and Lefty Frizzell, like, like old stuff that tells a story but it's got a sense of humor to it as well. Uh, I think that's like the lyrical content that I'm drawn to. I know growing up, the music I enjoyed, uh, the lyrics are shit, let's be honest with you. I mean, I, I would go back and listen to some of the stuff I liked in high school, and like, it was yeah. fun, just like rock and roll, and it was also, I was like classic stuff too, but, like punk rock and Sonic Youth and like weird, noisy rock, but the lyrics were just... Terrible. I mean, they're just kind of stupid or they don't make sense. I, I do that often when I go back to a band. I was like, oh yeah, I listen to them forever. And then you listen to them and you're like, huh, I'll listen to that, huh? I just think that like <laughs> old country music, it's like smart, it's witty, it's got a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's what I tr aspire to. Like David Allen Coe? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. It's yeah. like, totally. David Allen Coe. When I left Sam Ash, I met David Allen Coe's guitar player, who really? is an African-American gentleman, or black gentleman, I don't know what the proper term is these days. I think it, I think both are accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well, someone told me African-Americans because they're not all African. You know? Anyways, um, to bring up hot topics, uh, it blew me away. Yeah. And uh, he straight up showed me a few pictures like of him with, on stage, David Allen Coe. Interesting. That's correct. Interesting, because you know David Allen Coe, he he writes what I guess you could say edgy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when you think of his audience, you may not think of him as accepting of the black yes, population. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I'll just come out and say it. He seems a bit racist. He better flag on his head. Yeah. That's why I was yeah. thinking. Again, that. I actually didn't believe the guy. First name was Chris Famous. He always used to no say, way. His <laughs> I, his not his real name, but um, he used to always tell me. Skyler, you got a maiden shade. You got a maiden shade. And be like, I know, Chris. Chris famous. Uh, he came in all the time. Chris famous. That's awesome. Wow. That's crazy. You met Sturgill Simpson? Where did you meet him? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so like, I am a huge fan of Sturgill Simpson. Ever since High Top Mountain, I think that's still like one of the best modern country records to mm -hmm. come out in the last like 20 freaking years. It's amazing. I love all the other stuff, too. Um... Yeah, I was up in Hendersonville eating at the Lincoya Cafe. If you've never eaten there, you should definitely go. Great staff, great food, great vibe. But I was just sitting there over the door and I look over and he's like five feet away from me. And I'm just totally caught off guard like, what? What? And I just like, I was looking at my wife like, what do I, what do I freaking do? And so I just kind of said, hey, I'm Brandon. Big fan, nice to meet you. And he was, he was kind and nice and he was like, I'm Sturgill. And, shook my hand and took a picture with me. Um, I don't know. Afterwards, it's like all the things that I wanted to say. Like, I wanted to like, you know, say uh, every time 
I hear this song, it makes me cry, or, or all this stuff. I'm like, sure he loves it when people do Oh, man. <laughs> I know, dude. That's what my wife's like, just don't it's be. It's like, all right, all right, all right, I get it. I don't get be it, annoying. I'm just trying to get, get some food. I know, right? That's what they were trying to do. But uh, yeah. Brandon texted the, the group, uh, the band thread, just like, dude, all caps, dude, I just met Sturgill. Picture. It's like, whoa! <laughs> It's out of blue, man. I hope I will meet him some other time in maybe a collaborative context. We can only hope. We can only hope. Can but uh, it was great. He was out there, Sturgill. Big fan. Yeah, love you, Sturgill. Yeah, Sturgill listens to every episode. Of I know. I bet he does. I bet he's <laughs> loving it. Yeah, I, I love Sturgill, man. He uh, he's one of my favorites in Nashville right now, just because he kind of you know says fuck you to all the bullshit. Yeah. Oh, dude, his Sound of Fury album was. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I love about him too. Is he changes? Yeah, and there's there, like it shows how good of a songwriter and how good of a producer he is as well. Because mm-hmm. he's a smoking guitar player and a great mm-hmm. singer. Totally, yeah. he can rip it, man. All around, and he gets you know great players. He yeah. pulls in really good people to play with him and make it happen. And he just put up those two bluegrass albums this yeah. last year. Oh yeah, it primarily just his own songs. Just put a little bluegrass twist with a few other ones, but. Is it Cutting Grass? Cutting Grass, volume one and two. I can't remember the yeah, subtitles. Yeah, listened but. to it at work. It was interesting. I, I love Working it. in a warehouse and jamming bluegrass, but it's really good. Well, that that's another example of him being a great songwriter and a great producer and really having an ear for how to craft a song because he completely changed the style. And it, he said... Uh, those songs were originally intended to be played that way. Mm. So it was like he went back and kind of did them in their most natural form. But the fact that he was able to change songs for like a sailor's guide to earth, he didn't do any Sound of Fury songs because mm-hmm. I feel like that's hard to do for bluegrass. Because yeah. he was like, it would have been cool. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. I saw him at the Ryman on the Sailor's oh. Guide to Earth tour. Oh. I saw that tour in Dallas too, man. It was incredible. Oh god, yeah. That was the drunkest I've ever been. <laughs> I drank a bunch of wine. I was seeing this girl at this time and she uh, she was done with me at this point. And that was the night I found out. <laughs> so might as well enjoy Perfect it. Time to get that was, shooting. He had the Dap Kings on that tour, right? That was the one. I don't know if they played with him. They they might have been playing live with him. But basically what he did was he played like maybe an hour and a half, two hour set of all of his songs previous to that and then came out and did Played Sailor's Guide to Earth yep. front to back. That's what he did. Yeah, that was it, man. That sounds like a crazy concert. It was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. That album means a lot to me. My dad was in the Navy, so... Mm. Oh, yeah. That's I feel a strong like there's connection. a lot of transferable life lessons of what my dad taught me. Totally. That, you know, I always think, think of it when I listen to that album. That's good stuff. Yeah, dude, he really he really is one of my favorites. I'd say like uh, Sturgill and Tyler Childers are like my two like man. Yes, dude, like I grew up I grew up about thirty minutes from Tyler, and so I remember when he was like I was young, but I remember when he was like getting popular in our town. Oh yeah, because he he would play shows like near our high school and stuff like that, and I always heard about him playing at like the college parties and stuff. And now he's like huge. So yeah, it's like crazy. It's like one of the hometown kids made it to the top. That's so awesome, man. It's, well, that was the we were supposed to go to that show last year in March at Bridgestone with Sturgill. We were planning on going yeah, that. Too. Yeah, yeah and we're going to take acid or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to go regardless, uh, and that was that was a pretty big. 
bummer. Yeah. But, you know. I think that this, it's going to be a good summer for tours, but it's going to be next year that's going to be hot. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. yeah, right now, it's like all the big tours, they're basically trying to make all their money back to hire people back. Mm-hmm. And then all the medium and small size stuff is going to start rolling through back at like the Mercy Lounge and all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. There's so many great venues here. Duh, yeah. Did you... Uh, Hopefully so, they're still here. Uh, another show we've got coming up is the uh, Brand New versus Taking Back Sunday show. Oh shit, which one are you guys going to be? Both. Oh, both. Well, I think everybody plays three of each. Uh, us and the ship, my old band, played one, shit, that must have been five years ago now, uh, and it was epic. One of the coolest shows that we could have played, because, you know, it's like, you get to get up there and everybody knows every word to the song, so you're like a rock star on stage, but <laughs> uh, this was booked for March of 2020, so I got rescheduled. Now we're playing July 24th. Nice. Is it the How Hot this time? Or is it Mercy Lounge? I think it's the Mercy Lounge still, but I have to check. Yeah, it was March 21st of last year, and it was like, you know, a week and a half before that when everything started to hit the fan. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. It was a bummer because we had spent like the last, the first part of that year practicing these songs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was like about to happen. we didn't play any other shows at the start of last year because we were like, we gotta get these songs down, we gotta nail it, and then now we've written well. So yeah, so now we're learning them again. That was all the shit that I grew up like when I first got into music. I loved all the classics like the Beatles and the Stones and all that, but I was big into all that emo shit like yeah. Taking Back Sunday. My Chemical Romance was my favorite. Oh, dude, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is one of the emo aside. It's not even really an emo album. Don't get me started on that album, man. It still sounds like you have some emotions around it. I love that album. I listen to that album to this day. Excellent album. Yeah. And the Black Parade's really good, too. Yeah. I saw them on the Black Parade tour. Oh, I bet that was epic. It was the opening night of their U.S. tour, and they they did the same thing that Circle did. They came out and they played like a bunch of songs, and then they came out and did the uh, Black Parade front to back. Dope. I bet that was really cool. Um... I listen to a podcast, uh, but I listen to a lot of podcasts because I work in a warehouse. So uh, I listened to one that just like covered my chemical romance from front to back, just like talked about their career and such. And uh, I learned a lot about the Black Parade that I did not realize uh, how um, they referenced a lot of classic people yeah. in writing it and doing it. Because, you know, it's a concept album. And like their outfits were based on Sgt. Pepper's mm-hmm. and like just stuff like that, little stuff that they peppered in there. And um, they recorded that album at, I can't remember the name of the mansion, but it's in some famous haunted mansion in Los Angeles. Yep. And uh, just getting to hear all that little, little tidbits makes you go, huh, they were really good. Yeah, they were a good band. I, I think they were the best. Like, I look at all that emo stuff now, and I, I see it as, like, the equivalent of hair metal for that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a time. Yeah. It was definitely the a time. people that like it now, listen to it then. Yes. You know, it's not... You don't get a whole lot of new fans, I don't think. No. But uh, that's... I don't know who I was just telling that recently. I think somebody up at Artworks, but... Uh, I said him about the brand new Taking Back Sunday show, and he's older than me. And I was like, uh, he knows who Brand New is, but he didn't know who Taking Back Sunday. I was like, ah, 
Yeah. It's not your not your time period. I'm not sure you you dig it all that much. You know, it's like punk. Yeah. Punk emo. You had to be there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that shit is my jam, though, man. I mean, those first three album Taking Back Sunday albums were. That was. I mean, I got a little boy. Oh shit! That's a decade under the influence. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I knew all that shit. I got I got into uh, punk too because of the Tony Hawk's American Wasteland soundtrack. <laughs> nice. Because they had My Chemical Romance and like Fall Out Boy. They all covered like classic punk songs. Yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like, huh, what is this stuff? And that's how I got big into the Misfits. And the Misfits became one of my favorite fucking punk bands. They, yeah. they are my favorite like classic punk bands. Yeah. Have you ever listened to the Misfits? I, you know, the Misfits are one of those people I just have not uh, dive dove into. Uh, though um, I, I, the older I get, the more respect and the more interested I am in the punk scene. Um, I just listened to a podcast about um, the Beastie Boys, which was very interesting in terms of hip hop and punk music and hardcore music and and. Uh, New York City in you know the 80s what did they say about the Beastie Boys yeah yeah dude it's a six part series they're like two hours long each Uh, they go into like in depth of like what was going on at that time and why did they why were they so successful um I mean it's just some rich kids in the in New York that knew the right people that like the right stuff and rode that wave, man. And I then mean, Rick Rubin. Uh, yeah, Rick <laughs> Rubin. Which is a big part of their story. I yeah, think. Rick Rubin and um, that other guy. What's the other guy's name? There was another producer involved. But, um, yeah, they the, they said that the origin, a lot of rappers back then, a lot of hip-hop artists, uh, Ice Cube, I think, was the one that said, uh, I don't remember if it was Ice Cube. One of them said... The original gangster rap album is uh, "License to Ill" or, or one of those first, like kind of Beastie Boy albums. I don't know if it's "License to Ill." It was one of the early ones. I, obviously, I listened to it one time. It's a lot of information, but yeah. um, it was really interesting just to like hear just the development of a scene. Yeah, uh, they did. Sure. They do a whole series on uh, all those bands. Like uh, I think they did on the Screamers and Joy Division and. Uh, they did a few deep dives of that scene, like, and the come up of it in, like, the 70s and 80s. Well, that's really the beautiful thing about music is that you can't really learn it in a vacuum. I mean, you can to a certain degree if you're sit- just sitting in your room writing songs or learning guitar licks, but the way to get better and the way to learn is by playing with someone else. Yeah. It's, it's almost like an oral tradition that music even exists because it's just gotten passed down and every culture in the world has their version of music whether it's something as simple as banging on drums or writing a symphony or any of those punk bands from the 70s that played at cbgb's yeah yeah it's it's a it's fun it's fun to to like hear like how it all played out too you know just uh because i mean apparently the scene back then was uh something a little different a little more uh intense more competitive uh well you know the punk you know you go to a punk show 
Odds are there's going to be a few fights. Yeah. Uh, Especially New York was rough back then. It was rough. It was a rough time. Genius, from what I understand, wasn't. I mean, it was was a rough place uh, for the punk scene, you know, back then. Well, I wonder what is going to happen now that COVID has happened. Like, what kind of music is going to sprawl out of that? Because there's going to be some kind of movement or some kind of something that happens. I agree. From the kids that are just like, you know, kids right now, like middle schoolers that are just learning how to play music. There's going to be something new five years from now that we didn't see coming. I feel like emo is going to come back in five years. <laughs> so I feel like I it's about time. Totally well, I think there's a lot of bands that are kind of doing a grungy nine or nineties vibe. Well, we listen um, to microwave. No <clears throat> microwave. Oh man, that's a Atlanta up and coming. I mean, they're going on tour of Mayday Parade right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're still like soccer mommy, and it's like got this Mazzy Star vibe, like this yeah, this poppy dream wave, but it's definitely got a '90s vibe to it. I feel like that emo stuff is, is gonna come back. I don't know. I feel like punk though hasn't come back to the mainstream in a long, no, long time. There, I think it always happens when like someone dies and there's a movie released about them. Yeah. It's just the way it works. Come on, Billy Joe. <laughs> well, I think uh, Pete David, Davidson is supposed to be playing Joey Ramone in a movie. Oh, what? really? Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. interesting. He's, he's probably a good choice for yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good choice. I watched a movie with him during the pandemic that uh, King of Staten Island. Did was you guys that good? See that? I didn't see it. I didn't. I started, I think I fell asleep. It was a great fucking movie. Okay. Not because it was boring. I think I just started it too late. <laughs> it was really good. Judd, Judd Apatow was the director for it. And it was basically yeah. uh, Pete Davidson's story because his dad died in like 9 11. Yeah. He was a firefighter. But Bill Burr was in it and he was awesome. He was like a salty <laughs> New York firefighter that was dating his mom. Um, but it was a great movie if you get the chance to watch it. It's like a feel good movie. So okay. if you're looking to have your spirit lifted, watch that. Okay. Uh, it was on my list. I need to get around to it. I like Pete Davidson. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think he's a uh, smart guy. He's super funny. I like his sense of humor. He's good. Absolutely. So, where can people find you guys at on social media? Yeah, so we've got the Instagram, we've got the Facebook, uh, we've got some stuff on YouTube. And Pick Up Sticks Band, B A N D, is the way to find us out there. Um, yeah, that's generally well, Spotify as well. Pick up sticks. It's pretty much the only one. Pick up uh, is spelled as in like pickup truck. Pick up is yeah, one, one word. word. One word. It's not pick, pick up sticks. Up it's pick up space sticks. Sticks. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, bring it right to us. We're out and there you, on your Apple Music. Your, your shows that are coming up again. Can you just give those one more time too? Go for it. Yeah, totally. So we've got a show. Uh, on Wednesday, June 16th, which I think is the day this is going to be yeah, out or around it. So if you hear that, you can come on out and check it out. The show starts at 8. Come uh, hang with us. Play with the Runaway Grooms and Jed Harrelson. Uh, then we're actually going to go back to Texarkana. And we're going to play a couple shows down there because we have yet to do so. It's been uh, a long time. It's been a long it's time. Really we're doing long. that July 4th weekend. And then we back America. Yeah. Heartland, uh, July 24th, we're doing uh, the Taking Back Sunday versus Brand New, and that's with Joko Shows. He's a promoter around town. Yeah, he does yeah, a lot of yeah. great stuff. Dude stays busy all the time, so we're really happy to be a part of that. And glad it finally happened. Back, you know? Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Uh, that's going to be a blast. That's at the Mercy Lounge, I believe. Yeah, I think the Mercy Lounge or Iowa. Yeah, in that general vicinity. Yeah, same building. 
Well, cool. Guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for See having us, man. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.